My name is Steven. I am the director of Salt Company. So welcome to the Salt Company. If this is your fri- if this is your first time, and uh, if you're back, welcome back. We're excited. Hey guys, uh, we do a lot of stuff at Salt Company. Here's what I'll say: like, just they announce it for a reason. Freaking go to Beach Retreat. It is gonna. It could literally change your life. Getting away from campus for a couple days, getting away from the grind of school, going to El Carib. It's it's sketch, guys. Let's just be honest. If you haven't been, like, you ain't, you ain't know the grind of El Carib, but you will, and it's awesome. And we love the sketch. We embrace the sketch. We actually, we go there because it's sketch. So uh, go to Beach Retreat. Uh, it literally could change your life. It does for many people. Um, so a couple years ago, um, actually, that's not true, this year should just read my notes. This year, uh, University of Florida announced something to the world that was just become true. They had broken the top five of public academic establishments. They became a top five university. Yeah, give it up. And if you didn't know that, Right when you step on campus, you would, because they love to tell people that they're top five. You love to tell people you're top five. Santa Fe people in the room are really annoyed that you keep saying, I didn't go to Florida, and so you're rubbing it in my face, too. You're just like, ah, top five, top five. You see banners on the campus, top five. You see shirts that are like, did you know we're top, did you hear the news? There's a top school thing, and we're top, not top 10, top five. Do you, I'm going to keep driveling this home. You, they, you, you see what I'm saying? They're always telling you top five, top five, top five. And we know this about UF, and it's really cool, and we actually love that. I love UF. As someone who lives in Gainesville, I've, I've grown up a Gator fan my whole life. Me and Amos, we read our little Bible story, and then we pray that the Gators would win the national championship. <laughs> we do this every night. And I'll continue to do this every night until I die. <laughs> until we win 10 national championships. And Guys, I love the university. You love the University of Florida, even if you're a part of Santa Fe. It's like, oh, man, this is really cool. We like being a part of this thing. And I love Santa Fe, too, um, genuinely. we got some volleyball players. Santa Fe, well, let's go. But what, the way that we want to start off this year is by actually giving you a better top five. We want to start a three-week series on the top five. We want to give you a couple top fives that we think is actually better than being a top five university. And so next week, Paul Sabino, who is our lead pastor here at Salt Church, is going to be hanging out with us. So you got to show up, invite your friends. Paul Sabino is going to be here, and he's going to be walking us through what is it, what are the top five Bible verses that every college student needs to know this year? It's going to be really impactful. So come back for top five. And then we're going to look at what are the top five marks of every follower of Jesus? What does a Jesus follower look like? What are the top five marks? And tonight, we are going to talk about a top five. We are going to talk about the top five regrets you can have in college. When you get to the end of your life, here's the truth, the hard truth. Sometimes hard truth is good truth. Many of us will have deep, lasting hurtful, painful regrets that we face. And that's what I want to talk about. What is a regret? When you think about what what is a regret, if you just Google it, and Google definition, Google, tell me what a regret is. 
says this, regret is an emotion or an experience we think about in our present situation that could have been better or could have made us happier if we have made a different, uh, made a different decision in the past. It is a, it's a feeling of sadness or disappointment over something that happened or didn't happen based on a decision that I made. It's both things that did happen that I regret and things that didn't happen. And I'm sure many of you have had regrets. I know that I have. Here's, here's, here's a dumb regret, okay, that I have, I, and I still think about it. Any, any dude that just can't get over high school sports, like you're already in college and you're talking about like the time that you were like an all-star in high school. Well, I was playing in an all-star game. Uh, that was a joke because I was being that guy. <laughs> in high school, I, there's this regret that I still have that I still think about all the time. I was playing in the high school football game. It was the all-star game. It was a big deal. I was small. I w- wasn't very big. I wasn't very fast, but somehow I made it in there. I went to a small Christian school. That's why. <laughs> I was the best on the team, but that's not saying much. Calvary people? Where are my Calvary people at? Yeah, small Christian high school. Anyways, that's where I went. Yeah, uh, Anyways, I'm playing in this game, and the game's going on, and I see the play that's about to happen. I know what they're running. I'm on defense. They're going to run option. I know it just from the formation, and they're going to run my way, but I kind of freeze. I'm like, oh, what should I do? And I I end up like, watch him do the option play, and he pitches, and I make the tackle, and it's okay. But what I regret every day that I'm alive because I'm a dude who still cares about high school sports is that I wish I would have jumped in front of it, robbed the option pass, ran down the sideline, did a Marshawn Lynch front flip into the end zone, danced a little bit, spiked the ball, and I would have been, everyone would have been like, Steve, see, like, I replay this in my mind all the time. There's a regret that I have of something I wish I would have done. If I would have just made a different thing, maybe my life would be different and I would be cool and people would like me. Maybe one that's not as funny, I remember being in high school as a freshman and being friends with some senior guys that I thought were cool and I wanted to impress them. And my parents went out of town uh, one weekend over spring break, and I texted them and said, hey, guys, my parents are out of town. What's up? Maybe we should throw a party. Yeah. My, my dad's a pastor. <laughs> and the pastor's house threw, like, the biggest party that neighborhood has ever seen. <laughs> there was, like, a couple hundred people there. And there was drinking, and there was weed, and it was, and I, I like, didn't do, I was just, like, I just thought it was cool that people were in my house. I wasn't, like, trying to do And I just, like, it was, like, oh, kind of funny, ha, ha, ha. But what happened was my parents found out on their vacation. And my dad texted me and says, we know everything. We're headed home. And I had to sit and wait just for them to get home. And he came through the door. And what kind of sounds like a funny thing actually was, like, a really hard experience because I had completely broken my parents' trust. And it took a long time to get that back, and it was a deep regret. I remember literally in high school waking up every morning knowing that my dad was just disappointed in me, brokenhearted, that I'd ruined my reputation as a follower of Jesus. I was like, ah, oh, just like totally just screwed up in this major way. And I thought, man, I just wish I wouldn't have made this decision that hurt a lot of people, hurt the people I love most, my parents. I can go deeper and deeper. I can tell you about the time in fifth grade when I first saw a pornographic image on a computer. 
moment that I'll never forget because it is a moment that I regret every single day. Not just what happened in that moment, but what happened for the the rest of my life all the way up into college. Addictions in the dark, shame, guilt, frustration, things that it caused in my life. And I I regret it. I can go deeper than that. I I can tell you about regret that I have in middle school when I was on the bus and there was a girl who this group of guys was making fun of because she was a lesbian. And I was a follower of Jesus and I knew even people who think different than me and live different than me that I should, I should love and show the love of Christ and yet I did nothing and I just kind of laughed. And I knew a couple weeks later the Lord was like, hey, you need to like show the love of Jesus to her and you need to like share the good news that there's a Savior who loves her and cares for her and died for her. And I remember as in middle school feeling this and I did nothing. Remember a couple years later, when my dad came home, mentioned her name. Says, "Did you ever know a girl by this name?" I said, "Yeah, I knew her, middle school actually." He's like, "Yeah, I I just did her funeral. Uh, she committed suicide." And this this kind of sucks. This is a really sorry vulnerable. You're, we're getting real, okay? We're becoming family. And he came up to me. He's like, "Yeah, the, someone came up to me and said something that I I didn't think was true, but she came up and said that." Yeah, because my dad was doing the funeral because he's a pastor. And, and this girl came up and was like, yeah, Stephen knew her, but he hated her because she was lesbian. And I just thought to myself, I just regret it. I'm like, I had this opportunity to share the love of Christ with this girl. And I chose not to. And, and I know the, the Lord is sovereign and good in all of those things and working all things together for the good of those who love him. And I, I'm not bitter about that moment but it is a regret that I have. Here's what I'm trying to convey to you. There are things in your life that will cause you deep regret, things that you wish that you would have done and things that you wish that you would have never done. And each one of you have felt this. No one is like that that dude from that movie with the tattoo that's like no rag rats, you know, not one letter of rag rats. There he, yeah, yeah, yeah. No one is that dude up there because even that dude who thinks he's experiencing no rag rats is immediately experiencing rag rats, okay? Everyone knows this. And, and sometimes I think we're like this guy in college. We think that this is a time where there's like no regrets. We're just living life however we want, whatever way that we want, and there's not really big circumstances that will happen big like things that will domino effect that will make me experience true regret but that's not true I heard a pastor reference this okay there's this he referenced a book that just came out uh, called the power of regret and it stirred a lot of my thoughts towards giving this message a guy named Daniel Pink and he reports in his book uh, that 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 he was reporting on the biggest survey ever conducted on in the world on regrets, and he puts regrets into four categories. And here are the four categories. Foundational regrets, boldness regrets, moral regrets, and connection regrets. And let me, let me explain these, and then I want to jump to a text that I think is going to give us a lot of encouragement. Okay? Foundational regrets. Foundational regrets is this. It's refusing to be responsible, conscientious, or prudent, leading to a loss of opportunity later in life. 
So maybe you failed a class and that in your life, you didn't have the tenacity to like, man, retake that class and then it postponed graduation and then maybe you just will never actually finish graduation in your life. And maybe this is something in your life that you wish you would have done that would have taken some ownership and leadership and opportunity that has given you a worse foundation in life and you regret this. Maybe it's a finished degree. Maybe you wish you would have learned more about this. Maybe you wish you would have unpacked something in this season with a counselor that is going to actually lead to some foundational instability. Second, boldness regrets. This is the pain of missed opportunity. Some of the stuff that I kind of talked about. Opportunities that we didn't take out of fear or practicality or responsibility or even reasonableness. This is like saying like, I wish I would have taken this risk. I wish I would have tried blank. Moral regrets. Moral moral regrets is exactly what it sounds like. Violating or compromising the core convictions of our values, leading to a wounded conscience. I wish I never would have said this. I wish I would have never blank, crossed this line, this boundary. The last is connection regrets. Failure to lend yourself to vital relationships leading to lost love, severed connection, and shallow friendship. I wish I would have spent more time with this. I would have told this person how I felt. I wish I was kinder to this person. I wish I wasn't as hurtful to this person. I wish I would have reached out to blank. These are all categories that pe- most people in life will feel regrets in. And these are all categories where you've probably experienced some regret. Have you? In one of those areas, experienced a regret. I know I have. I even gave some examples from that. Here's what I know. Every person in here has felt regrets. And probably one of those. But here's what I also know. Regrets don't have to be repeated. Regrets don't have to be repeated. It's possible to experience in your life meaningful, full, purposeful decisions that will let you leave Gainesville whenever you do and not with just like a bunch of student loans and a bunch of regret, but a full life, a life of meaning and purpose that you can look back and be like, yes, I experienced what God wanted for me and God desired for my life. And guys, this is why I'm starting with this message right out of the gate. Because here at Salt Company, it is our hope that God opens your eyes to the person of Jesus that he opens your eyes to the beauty of the gospel, that you were made in his image, that God had created you for relationship with him and in relationship with him will lead you to the fullest life. This is our hope. And here's my encouragement tonight from Ephesians chapter five, verse 16 and 17. We're gonna look at this very briefly. My hope is that you leave college not with a long list of regrets. And that's why I'm gonna encourage you from, from this verse. Ephesians five fifteen. it says this. This is Paul writing this to a church in Ephesus. He says this in the middle of it, in the middle of this this book. He's talking about the application of what does it look like to actually live in the identity as a Christ follower. And he gets to this point and he says, be careful, pay careful attention then to how you walk, how you live, how you act. Not as unwise, the dude with the rag rats tattoo, okay? Not as unwise people, but as what? Wise. Making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understands what, understand what the Lord's will is. Pay careful 
attention to how you're walk. Look carefully. This is why I'm starting here in your college because I want you, as you launch into this year, to be careful. Pay close attention. Take this opportunity to look closely at how you walk, how you live. And right after that, it says, make the most of the time. This, this is the, a word in Greek that means, uh, it's, the actual word is, means to redeem, to, to buy back. Like, you've been given an opportunity, don't blow it, purchase it. Purchase the time, take advantage of it, buy back the time that you have, make the most of it. And look around you. And don't walk down a way that will lead you to regret, but be careful. Look carefully at how you walk. So as you begin the semester, look carefully. Have you noticed on campus that uh, people don't really look where they're walking? Like nowadays, I say nowadays like I'm freaking 50 years old. <laughs> like, nowadays, you young people have got them thing called AirPods. And people just put in their AirPods and they look down at their phone and they're just like, it's like the AirPods are guiding them, like a GPS, like spirit in their mind. It's like, watch out for this. And people just like don't even look where they walk. I remember one time I was in New York City as a kid and I was walking with my parents. And uh, if you're not careful where you walk uh, in New York City, it can be dangerous. And one time I was walking and I remember I was just like, do, 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 do. And then I stepped off the side of the road. And right as I stepped onto the, like, the side of the road, right before I stepped, a bus, I'm, I'm not kidding, went, and I was like, and no one in my family saw it. But I knew this was a moment that I almost died. <laughs> Literally, like I would have, the, the rag rat I would have had would have been not watching where I walk. So many people in college don't walk carefully, but not just physically, spiritually, relationally, physically. People aren't paying attention to how they walk, how they live according to God's will, which is what? What is the Lord's will? How does the Lord, God who created you, want you to walk? He doesn't want you to walk down the right way. He wants you to walk down the right way. This is called righteousness. Has anyone ever heard of the word righteousness in church? Righteous. That means right living. This is the way that God wants you to walk with him, in relationship with him. And it's not just that. It's how he wants you to walk in relationship with other people. This is righteous living. This is when they say that Jesus was righteous, his righteousness, this was he obeyed God exactly how God wanted him to live with, in relationship with him and relationship with the whole world. And when we talk about our sin that makes us unrighteous, it's the fact that we have not walked in perfect obedience with God and we have not walked in perfect obedience with people around us. We have hurt the people around us and we have hurt even God in our relationship. What Paul is encouraging them to do is Pay attention to the way that you walk so that you would walk right according to God's will in your life. And guys, if, 
If you were to just like live the opposite of this verse, what would happen? This is Paul's encouragement, but many people won't take this advice. Many people won't listen to Paul here. Many people, this will just fall out of their ears. And, and if you just think about the opposite of this verse of what it said, it would go something like this. Hey, just be careless how you live your life. As unwise, blowing the time. The time's not that important. Just do whatever you want with the time. Living foolishly. Who cares what God's will is for your life? You're in college. College is for you and college is for life. College is fun. Just live it up. The thing is, this verse is not like an abstract verse. This is what culture is telling us every single day. College is for you to decide whatever you want to do, how you want to live. You determine how you live. You do you. The most important person in your life is whatever you are. And whatever you think is right, you do that. That's what the world is going to tell you. It's not what Paul's going to tell you. Because if you live by that verse, if that's your life motto, live how I think is fit, you are going to lead a life of regret, of hurt, of pain, of brokenness. Because God designed you to walk in relationship with him according to his will. And when you don't, you're functioning outside of your design. And you're going to get hurt. I wonder, I wonder if you lived this out, this verse of just choosing whatever you want to do, walking the way that you want to do, making your own decisions for yourself. I wonder if it would play out in something like these top five regrets. And this is kind of the, the bulk of what I want to talk about. Top five regrets. I wonder if it would sound like this. First, your top regret, these are in no specific order, is that you aced all of your classes, but you flunked my relation, or but I flunked my relationships. I aced all my classes, but I flunked my relationships. I wonder if you were to live however you want and not how the Lord would want you to live in righteousness with him and with other people that, man, you would care more about your grades in college than the friend in need. The person next to you who's desperate for some encouragement, desperate for hope. That friend that you really need to build up and take some time just to hear how they are. But instead of building them up, you really focused on building up your resume. I wonder if a regret you would have would be that. You ace all your classes but flunk your relationships. Or maybe this next one. Maybe a regret you have is believing what happens in college stays in college. It's like Vegas, right? So many times we have a narrow view and we think that we are living in like this ant farm case that like, oh, this is, once I'm done with college, I'll just remove myself. And once I remove myself from this little bubble of college, the things, the mistakes that I make, the people I sleep with, the, the, the lines that I cross will not follow me. This is a lie straight from hell. The moral mistakes that you make don't have to define you for the rest of your life. They don't have to hang over your head as your identity, but here is the truth. The things that you do in college will affect you outside of college. I know this because I have experienced this. Broken relationships, crossed boundaries, 
moral mistakes that I thought I would never make that I was like, you know what, it's okay, it's not that big of a deal, that still haunt me to this day. You can talk to any legit, any married couple, and if you just legit just ask them and said, hey, is your relationship better or worse because your spouse slept with a bunch of people in college? You think, oh yeah, that just like, it just like adds to our relationship. It's just so life-giving to picture the people that they slept with. And that's just like interpersonal. I'm not even talking about what it does to your soul how it will deteriorate you, how you give yourself to people and every time you give yourself to someone, a piece of you is with them. We have to know that the decisions we make in college, they don't just stay in college. Maybe a top five regret you might have would be like this. You shared a lot of memories but never shared my story. Shared a lot of memories but I never shared my story. Maybe in college you're gonna have some of the best times of your life, some of the the best memories, you're going to have some sick pics of doing fun stuff with the boys, with the girls. You're going to go study abroad in Spain. <laughs> you're going to have some sick mems. But maybe you never, with your friendships, take the intentionality and purpose, not to just share mems, but to actually share who God is to you to share your relationship with Jesus, with them. Maybe one of the biggest regrets you have this year is not something that you do, but something that you don't do. Conversation that the Lord would open up if you would just invite him into. And the last two, maybe... A regret might sound like this, that you cared more about, that I cared more about what I was going to do after college than who I was becoming in college. This is what we call like a foundational regret. You didn't invest in yourself in something. Have you noticed anytime you meet someone, and I do this all the time, I met some of you tonight, I was like, hey, what's your name? And I'm like, oh, like, what are you studying? Like, oh, this. I'm like, oh, cool, what do you want to do? It's like I'm so programmed in college to be like, oh, there's one reason why you're here, and it's to figure out what you do. No one, in, like, introduces themselves like, hey, what's your name? Who do you want to be? Like, who are, oh, what's your name? Who are you becoming? I actually, like, I know that, don't actually do that. That would sound really weird. Like, you can stick with the, like, what do you want to study? What do you want to do? That's actually pretty normal. But here's my point. If you spend your time in college only investing in what you are going to do after college and don't actually take the opportunity to think about who am I becoming in college, you will miss an incredible opportunity where you are here for four years. And, and I have to just encourage you to this. I think God is more interested in the person you are becoming than the career path that you're going to do in four years. Because what matters in 40 years is not the cool job that you had right out of college. It is going to be what kind of person are you? Who are you? What is your character? God is not specifically invested in your career path. God's will for you, look it up in any scripture and look at God's will for you. And you know what you will not find? 
mechanical engineering. Because God doesn't like math. I'm kidding. There's some mechanical engineers in here that are awesome. Here's my point. God is more interested in the person that you're becoming. God's will for your life. And anytime you read that in scripture and it talks about what? Your morale, like who are you becoming in Christ? I gotta keep going. The last thing is this. One of the top five regrets is this. Maybe you, maybe I put them in the eye. I need to, I gained a lot of, I gained a lot in this life, but I lost everything in the next. Matthew 16, 26, you guys might know this. It says this, what good does it do for a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Gain the whole world, life experience, money, family, fame, clout, everything. Gain it all. What good is that if you lose your soul? If you only invest in things in this life and you are full in this life only, you will find that you will be empty-handed and empty in the next. Your heart was made for something more. You have a soul. You have been created for relationship with God. And Jesus knew this. And he came down and he told people, you're blowing it. Don't just live for this life, live for the next. Life is found in relationship with God. You are made for an eternal relationship with the Lord. So what good does it do if you only focus on things in this life that you'll never be able to take with you? And one day when you stand before God in your sin and your brokenness, And he will turn you away and say, I never knew you because you didn't have a relationship with him in Christ who has forgiven you of your sins. What good does the money that you have? It does nothing. Oh my gosh, I I just feel like I have to yell this because our culture is so bent on telling you that this is what's gonna give you life and purpose and you will end your life with so much regret. This is what we want for you this year. We want you to buy back the time, redeem the time, to walk carefully with the Lord, to pursue deep friendships, to walk in purity, to see people come to know Jesus through your relationship, to become better men and women of God, men of character, women of character, to experience the truest of treasures, the greatest delight, a relationship with Jesus that all you have to do is by faith, because of the grace of God, receive forgiveness of your sin and experience the joy that you've never known. This is what we desire for you. And some of you, maybe tonight, this is what I pray, we're walking close to regret. But an encouragement from Paul in Ephesians 5.16 would say, be careful how you walk. Be careful how you live. Live according to God's will. Don't live foolishly like the guy who gets the no rag grabs tattoo. Don't live like that. Some of you were walking close to regret, but here's what I know about this room too. There are some people in here who are not walking towards regret, but who are walking from regret. 
who have experienced deep regret and hard mistakes and bad decisions. And here's the truth. Regrets are painful. Regrets are hard. Regrets keep you up at night. But here's what's true because of the gospel, okay? Track with me. Regrets are also opportunities. They can be purposeful. Even in their pain, they can have a purpose. And the regret that you are reeling from right now, that you are feeling deep in your heart, might be a place where God's grace wants to meet you. See, regrets can be repeated. It's true. It can wear off and you can experience it again and again and again and just, why do I keep making the same mistake and keep regretting the same regret? Regrets can be repeated, but here's what's also true. Regrets can be redeemed. Your regrets can be repeated, but they can be redeemed. And here's how I know this. Because people can be redeemed. The person writing in Ephesians was a guy named Paul who did not walk carefully according to God's will. He killed Christians, lived as a self-righteous Pharisee, a religious leader of the time. Good on the inside, but terrible on the inside. Good on the outside, but terrible on the inside. But the gospel came to Paul and redeemed his life, bought back his life. And Paul would go on missionary journeys telling people that you do not have to repeat your same regret, but you can be redeemed. There is a God who wants to purchase you back. And here's how he did it. He sent his son to spill his blood for you, to buy back your life from sin and unrighteousness. And he writes this book, and then a couple chapters earlier, he's like, guys, guess what? You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked. You were dead relationally to God, but guess what happened? You were redeemed. God made you alive together in Christ because of his rich mercy and his great grace. You're... Your regrets can be repeated, but they can also be redeemed. And I want you to see the gospel in this verse, and then we're done, and I'm done. It's this Titus 2, 11, 14. If it's not up there, it's fine. I'm gonna read it to you. It says this, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, instructing us to deny godlessness and worldly lust and to live a sensible, righteous, and godly way in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then look at verse 14 in Titus 2, 11, or Titus 2, 14. Go home and look it up. It says this, he gave himself for us, why? To redeem us from all lawlessness and cleanse us for himself, a people, his own possession, eager to do good works. You can be redeemed. Your regrets don't have to be repeated because they can be redeemed. And I know this because you can be redeemed. Your story, no matter how bad your mistake, no matter how bad of a person you may feel like, God loves you and sent his son to die for you, to buy you back. we can experience redemption in the gospel. Let's pray. 
God, here's what I, I know tonight. My life would have continued to be a big ball of regrets had you not redeemed my soul and bought me back. But God, you appeared to me, salvation appeared to me when I saw the cross as beautiful. When the gospel became beautiful to me, I saw my sin, but I saw my Savior too, who died for me, who rose again, defeating death, hell, and Satan on my behalf. And all I had to do was receive his forgiveness. Oh God, I didn't have to live in regret anymore. I could actually experience redemption. The fact that God purchased me back. Oh, do you know tonight, guys, Salt Company, God wants to make you his own possession. No matter how broken you feel tonight, guess what? God isn't done with you. He doesn't throw you aside. No matter how many regrets you have tonight, God wants to buy you back through his son, Jesus Christ. And all you have to do is receive his son. Romans 10 tells us, for anyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. I'm curious in here, in here tonight, is there someone who just needs to call on the name of Jesus tonight? Is there anyone in here who just feels like they need to call on the name of Je the Lord Jesus and be saved, be redeemed, be bought back? Oh man, if that's you, don't leave this place believing that you are broken. Know this, you can be redeemed through Jesus Christ. And we sing of this great Savior right now.